Welcome to the Vanguard Indo-Pacific VIP podcast, an official production of the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers, devoted to exploring the pressing issues, history, and future of the Indo-Pacific region writ large, stretching from the western shores of the Americas to East Africa and from Antarctica to the Arctic and encompassing everything therein. Our episodes feature interviews, panel discussions, and reflections of key thinkers, practitioners, policy makers, and others engaged in the region, covering a wide array of topics including, but not limited to geopolitics, defense issues, geoeconomics, diplomacy, disinformation, culture, and more. Now celebrating its first anniversary, the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers brings together academicians, think tankers, military officers, policy wonks, and others interested in Indo-Pacific matters, producing publications and social media content, presenting at international fora, and collaborating with other like-minded institutions throughout the Indo-Pacific and beyond to bring scholarship on the region to decision-makers, military leaders, scholars, and others. In this first episode, Anvish Jain, a law student at the University of Ottawa and a founding member of the consortium, interviews the organization's director, Dr. Ernest Gunasekarokwell, and deputy director, Dr. Indu Saxena. The three of them reflect upon the first anniversary of the consortium and the vision for the organization's future. This is Vanguard Indo-Pacific. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the brand new Vanguard Indo-Pacific podcast, or VIP for short, launching on the one-year anniversary of the foundation of the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers. My name is Anvish Jain, law student at the University of Ottawa and member of the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers. Formed in early 2021, the Consortium is a nonprofit volunteer think tank and a forum for worldwide dialogue regarding the Indo-Pacific region. The Consortium fosters intellectual and professional development for researchers, academicians, service members, and readers and informed decision makers and scholars around the globe. I'm honored to be joined today by two luminaries of the field who have been foundational in the creation and success of the consortium. First is Dr. Ernest Gunasekara Rockwell, lovingly known as Doc, who serves as the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Indo-Pacific Affairs and the director of the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers. Prior to standing up the journal, he was the acting director and managing editor of Air University Press and the acting dean of the Air Force Research Institute. Next up is Dr. Indu Sakshena of the uh, Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers. She is the Deputy Director. She is a geopolitical and security analyst based in New Jersey and has a PhD in political science. Her thesis focuses on terrorism and human rights. And just like Doc, she's been integral in uh, corralling the team together and making sure that the consortium has been able to do such good work over the past year. So I'm gonna get into some questions for our two guests, but uh, you can say hi, first of all. Hi, <laughs> thanks for doing this, Anvish. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Indu, for joining uh, as well. So we're looking forward to this. Thanks, Doc. 
So first of all, I'll ask uh, for a brief history of the consortium and in its purpose. Why did this idea come about? How did it come about? And how did you kind of get these um, building blocks together in the first place? Sure. Uh, you know, so about five years ago, I took over as acting director of Air University Press, as you mentioned. And at the time, we had uh, two flagship publications. We had Strategic Studies Quarterly and Air and Space Power Journal. And in addition to that, we had a couple of uh, foreign language translations of articles that appeared in those two publications, and they were marketed as Air and Space Power Journal Spanish, Air and Space Power Journal China, uh, and those sorts of things. And you know, it just seemed like a, a huge waste of American taxpayer dollars to me, especially to translate into to Mandarin for uh, you know a, a readership that we basically viewed as the adversary, because you know who's going to read these kinds of things, right? It's mostly going to be uh, folks in the the, the Chinese uh, PRC uh, decision making chain, and uh, you know I, I thought there were, it was a better use for our, our resources, and so I stood up the Journal of Indo Pacific Affairs to to take the place of that Chinese journal, uh, and, and uh, of course uh, that led to all, all original content, and uh, unfortunately you know even though I, I shifted over to be the full time uh, managing editor for that uh, particular publication, it was just a one man show essentially. And, uh, you know, over the course of four years of doing that on, on my own, it became abundantly clear that there was a too much uh, material out there for me to to uh, to handle as, as a single individual. And, uh, you know, we at the same time, we needed to produce more. Um, we moved from being a 96 page per issue quarterly publication to uh, putting out, you know, 300 page uh, special issues. And then uh, this last year, we even put out a 450 issue uh, for uh, our summer issue. And so I needed help. Uh, and uh, I put out a, a, a Hail Mary pass on uh, LinkedIn asking for assistance. I figured I'd get, you know, six, seven, maybe eight people that uh, were interested in helping and, you know, had, had the right kind of background for that sort of thing. Instead, I had over 100 applications the first month alone. Uh, and, and, you know, that was kind of a very, you know, self-affirmation for me that, yeah, you know, people are interested in this, but it was also, a, oh my God, what the hell did I get myself into sort of moment. And so, uh, you know, after doing a, a ton of interviews in the first couple of months and kind of whittling down the the uh, pile of applications, you know, we ended up, I think at the end of last year uh, with about 60, 60 members, some of which were obviously more active than others, but uh, that's a fairly sizable organization for a first year uh, you know, anything you know, when you get right down to it. I mean, keep in mind that Air University Press has only around 20 employees uh, and, and they do the book side of the house and I think five journals and, and whatnot. So uh, to, to, to go from a one man show to, you know, 60 plus was, was quite a, uh, I don't know, it was an experience, you know, and so some of it was good and some of it was, was I wouldn't say bad, but, you know, uh, perplexing. I, it, the, the whole intent had been to, to kind of lessen my, my workload and everything. I don't think I really accomplished that. Uh, I, I, no. definitely, <laughs> I, I, I definitely changed what it was, uh, and, and it's been extremely rewarding. Uh, um, you know, we, we put out 11 programs, many thanks to, to Indu and uh, to, to folks like yourself who contributed to you, you and uh, Emilio Angeles, I know, uh, contributed to, the, to our very first one. Uh, helping a lot with the technical background and everything for old geezers like me who, you know, struggle to get these kinds of things to work right. Uh, but we, 11 programs last year, and I think uh, we had at least 12 articles in, in the Journal of Indo-Pacific Affairs alone. Uh, and I know that, you know, folks like Indu and you have, have published uh, elsewhere. 
Uh, and, and, you know, to be honest, that's one of the things that we need to do in, the, in, in this year is, you know, try to get a better handle on where exactly everybody's publishing at and where they're presenting at. And, uh, you know, are, are, you, are they using the name of the, the consortium to, you know, try to get our, our, um, our name out there a little bit more. But uh, that, so that first year has just been, you know, it's, it's been insane. Uh, you know, in addition to those articles, you know, we put out uh, a special issue on um, Africa and the Indo-Pacific construct, which was uh, guest edited by one of our members. Um, and then uh, we, we stood up our own website, which Ashish Sakshina, uh, Indu's husband, had designed for us. And, you know, we've got that up and running. Uh, we've got our first journal article, uh, or not journal, but our first article for the website uh, up to earlier this this year. Uh, so, um, you know, just growing by leaps and bounds and uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's been very gratifying, uh, but it's also been, you know, like trying to lasso a whirlwind in, in terms of trying to figure out exactly, you know, I'm, I don't have a business background and uh, this is kind of a business after a certain point, right? It, yeah. uh, but I like to think of it more as a family and I'm a family man and I, I do know how to manage a family fairly decently. So I've been trying to, to kind of approach it from that perspective and it seems to work out fairly well. Um, but we've always got room for improvement, but I'll, I'll leave off there and, and kind of hand it over to Indu so she can talk a little bit too about what her experience with the, with the history of the, the program's been. Right. I was, I was actually just going to ask Dr. Sakshana, is this how you got involved as well? Uh, thank you, Doc. And thank you, Anvesh. Uh, uh, I would like to share my experience with consortium. Uh, uh, and in fact, I will summarize in five points. Uh, I, uh, uh, just I saw the advertisement there that is a new think tank a consortium of Indo-Pacific researchers that was a catchy one for me and I just sent the email uh, to that uh, email ID whatever it was there I didn't know uh, uh, that uh, it was I'm going to meet a doc at that time and then I had a meeting with him and uh, I joined is as a senior writer with a team of five colleagues so uh, let me take my experience as uh, researching with the team and publishing and uh, networking with scholars in the field and building our brand consortium. And the third one is engagement and, and enthusiasm. I will talk a little bit about the engagement of people and what, and there is a lot of enthusiasm in, in the, not in the net, not in our network, not in our context, but the outside too. And in, I will sum up with some of my points that what I learned from uh, to engaging myself with the consortium with dog and other colleagues. So I enjoyed the throwout with my team that I was uh, when I joined as a senior writer at the consortium and uh, ad advising, mentoring, designing the uh, outline of articles. And everyone, like I, 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 can't believe this thing like that was a that was the teamwork that was so fantastic teamwork i everyone was willing to contribute even i didn't hear from back from because that was my first experience i did teaching i taught in university and college but that were the students now it was a colleague and uh, that was a fantastic experience uh, for me to working uh, with the team and the colleagues were like, uh, they, they also have the PhD, they were also working somewhere. So like getting uh, to know them, getting with, with them, uh, like, uh, uh, and uh, like what I am 
designing the outline and they have some different view, viewpoint with that and how like that was a aligning coordination all go very smoothly with me like and uh, for others as well i uh, i appreciate that um, that um, colleagues and the team efforts and it was a great uh, work indeed that I enjoyed and after that we started our events we started organizing book talk and round table discussion webinar uh, i never did that book talk before and uh, i did uh, the uh, first my first book talk with uh, my professor from redcast university professor rai and uh, like it was a different experience with the meeting with the scholars uh, subject matter experts and in their field and uh, like uh, i i learned a lot in when i was contacting them when i was inviting them when i was taking the time from them so it was it was a great learning and coordination um, just sometimes i think they are the experts they know everything about the subject but uh, before that uh, like i have to design some questions so let me send a questions for them so it was a, and uh, with that like a uh, docs full support that uh, i would say in every point like if i am summarizing my experience five points then this this deck docs uh, uh, full support motivation was all along with that and that was i was talking about engagement and enthusiasm so when i uh, just uh, started posting it on the net, uh, social media people get uh, i saw there was a huge response from uh, the the people i know and i don't know they just sending me the request they sending me the message we want to get engaged with this the, the consortium is doing a good work and in fact uh, some of my professor and uh, faculty members colleagues they um, get connected with the consortium and uh, they were appreciating like the positive feedback and there was a, a huge response that was a motivation for me and uh, so that uh, that that make me feel that yes we are going on the right path and uh, then the i will say the little bit about the fifth point that was the technology uh, that was a part of the technology team but uh, like the website designing that was also uh, like uh, we started making that website that is now in full operation so like choosing the colors like what section will go where is it looks good or not how the uh, how the, it should be more attractive and what reason we should Uh, put inside what we are covering there so there's a kind of research and uh, designing the layout of the website that was very original very creative work for me that i just um, contributed a bit in this in that too so in sum up advising mentoring assisting and uh, publishing researching organizing moderating hosting these are the I I I I I just I'm thinking that is is a lot more in one year and uh, now uh, for I will uh, I would say that uh, dogs positive feedback I would say again yeah, his motivation and uh, 
the freedom given by him that is commendable 100% i agree yeah and now that uh, i am i echo with dog that it's now consortium is like a family we don't think it's a, it's a platform it's organization i agree i agree probably more functional than mine but <laughs> family nonetheless <laughs> so uh that did actually raise an interesting point which is you mentioned the technological aspect of it and i'm interested in hearing from both of you what were some of the challenges in starting a research consortium during this uh pandemic period it was very unprecedented with kind of normally a lot of these things are done in person through networking conferences you know moving and shaking you meet somebody they introduce you to somebody else but you didn't have those steps uh during the pandemic so talk me through that a little bit sure yeah and 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 thank you both for for your kind words i mean i i i'm very honest when i when i say that i do feel like this is family and and uh you two i know we we talk quite a bit uh amongst ourselves but and there's others that i don't get to talk to quite as often and everything but it it's not for lack of desire but uh as far as standing it up in in, in pandemic i think it's kind of been one of the silver linings for the the whole stupid two years of you know having to stay at home and twiddle your thumbs right so you got to find something to do right so why not stand up a think tank okay um and and you know for me too you know and and this might come across as strange i'm an introvert so you know being able to do this you know kind of remotely and everything has actually worked out pretty well for me i i already had a, a fairly established network on uh you know linkedin and and other social media uh and, and you know quite honestly you know a lot of the folks i don't know right um that's just the nature of 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 that sort of networking right i've i've met some folks you know over the over the time you know working for the air force now for a decade and uh the do being in the dod since you know a long time ago uh uh almost as long as you've been around anvish um so um you know obviously some of those folks i know and and they're fairly well networked and it just it just seemed to everything kind of worked in uh worked in well and i think you know everybody was already doing you know the the webinars and and what not and uh i started getting invited to to give my ideas on, on some of these platforms and i'm like well you know what the heck i can do that too you know or i can find other people that that, that know how to do it and uh so that was part of the genesis of the the, the whole operation in the first place was you know okay i'm stuck at home now and uh i've got this journal that keeps growing and at the same time i don't want it to just be you know the same kind of thing forever right you know how do we grow this the 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 publication and and you know i never really envisioned it at the beginning of the the, the onset of this idea that we would end up with a standalone organization but uh it's very gratifying to be there and um of course that's one of the things that we have to expand upon now is you know, making it clear to people that we're two different organizations right you know the the journal is a dod publication and the the consortium is a a standalone independent you know uh, think tank that's got its own vibrant life outside of its relationship with with the journal and uh for for some people that uh, leaves them scratching their head a little bit because we were kind of joined at the hip and everything uh, when when we started um but, but we we do have to make that distinction but uh you know i, I think you know like i said it's it's a silver lining of the the uh the pandemic for me and i don't know that we would have been able to do this or do it in, to the same extent that we have in, in a, just a year uh if it hadn't been under these circumstances so i i'm i'm definitely not thankful that the the, the pandemic came along but i i'm thankful for having the opportunity you know 
given the circumstances and everything to, to, to make the best of it. And, and I, I really feel that the consortium represents that. So. Right. I think every cloud does have its silver lining. And, and Dr. Sakshena, what about you from your perspective of being kind of um, on the other side of this? So Doc was the one who came up with the initial idea, but you're the one who was uh, kind of bought into it early on. So tell us about that process during a pandemic, being in a different uh, part of the country and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anvej, like, I would, uh, honestly, I would say that uh, uh, that uh, I I had my LinkedIn connection since 2016, but I was not using that. I was not used to that. But uh, when I started this uh, uh, meeting and uh, the teamwork, so like we just putting something, let's it says from the consortium or from the some other friends, colleagues, they are putting something on the on the network, social networks. So that was the one point of connection in this pandemic. Like it, it was a uh, I know that these are something that uh, um, I have never experienced, like uh, organizing the events and seminars, doing uh, online. But uh, now that we knew that we are stuck in um, our houses and then we have to do it from uh, uh, the computer and the laptops. Uh, and uh, so I just created some chat team chat like microsoft team and other and via email i uh, just connected with my team and uh, other members and uh, uh, keep sending emails to our experts organizers from from south asia region from southeast asia region so that's the the connection that um, i built up in this uh, difficult situation yeah, but uh, sometimes I feel that uh, uh, it's, it's a kind of uh, uh, not like I, I, I can't believe that really we did this in this pandemic, just sitting at our home and uh, uh, the, we are doing the events every month. We are just uh, publishing our consortium members have been publishing like uh, um, at the journal or they are publishing it somewhere else too. So that was a that was a great motivation uh, it was a great motivation too like uh, like we are going we keep going despite of these um, despite of this challenging time 100% so doc you mentioned this kind of wave of initial interest and all of these uh, linkedin requests you had to schedule over 100 interviews you said so i remember being part of that process pretty much exactly a year ago and what were you looking for in those initial interviews? And what did you see in folks like Dr. Sakshiana and myself that you thought, you know, these are these are who I want in my consortium of Indo-Pacific researchers. This is the type of person I'd like to work with. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, going into it kind of blindly and, and not knowing you know, what to expect, um, I, I was flabbergasted to get that many uh, you know requests in the first place. But you know, one of the things that I wanted to look for was not just subject matter expertise, but also you know people that are doers, right? I mean, it, you go, go back to the Bhagavad Gita, right? It's all about, okay, don't just talk about it, do it. And and, and I've always been you know, that 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 sort of a person myself. I, I, I'm i not much of a talker, typically, although I, I guess I've become a, a bit of that just uh, through necessity, you know, being a professor and, you know, uh, then uh, an administrator and everything. But uh, I've, I've always been much more about action. And so I wanted to find folks that, that weren't going to just sit back on their laurels and, and uh, you know, watch this thing unfold. I wanted to have people who were actively engaged with doing things. And at the same time, I didn't just want one perspective, right? Indu, Indu will tell you we're on 
you know, different ends of uh, political spectrums. We're on different ends of, of some of the major topics that are out there. I don't want this to be an echo chamber, you know, and I don't want it to be the, the, the Doc Brock show and everything and everybody comes in and, 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 and mimics everything that I have to say. I've tried not to do that with the journal and uh, I've, I've tried not to do that with the, uh, the consortium. So I wanted people with wide array of different perspectives on what's going on in the Indo-Pacific and, and um, I, th I think we've got it. You know, we've got folks in India, we've got folks in Pakistan, we've got folks in uh, Oceania, we've got folks in Japan. Um, we haven't made any headway uh, so far into, you know, the PRC, which, you know, that's <laughs> not terribly surprising because I don't know if if, uh, if folks from the neck of the woods want, want to be a part of an organization like ours anyway, but we're open to the idea because, uh, you know, it's important to hear what everybody has to say. And we want to pre provide our decision makers or policy makers in, in, you know, academicians and other readers with, you know, a very balanced perspective about what people are thinking about the, the, the pressing issues. And if, if we just get one side of the, the story, then we're not really doing a service for anybody. So I, I think that's, you know, one of the top things I was looking for was to, to, to build a diverse team. And I think, again, you know, going back to, you know, how do we do this in a pandemic and, and whatnot, I think we would not have been able to get the international flair that we have under normal circumstances. I mean, it, 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 when has the world almost as a collective shut the hell down and not had anything else to do besides sit in front of their computer and interact with other people, right? Uh, and and so it, it was it was just exact, you know, a perfect opportunity. And um, and and I think it's paid dividends, you know, both in, in in I think if you look at our programming, if you look at the articles that we've we've published from the from the consortium. Uh, we, we definitely represent that uh, that wide array of, of different perspectives. I think the, probably the, the, the last one that we did on Friday, uh, dealing with the future of democracy, um, is, a, is a perfect illustration of that because we had you know, you know folks that were almost falling off the right end of the political spectrum and others that were kind of you know way out on the left side of, of the political spectrum too. And the, the, but the discussion ended up kind of, you know, gravitating towards the center. And that's exactly the, the kind of conversations that we need to have if we're going to come up with solutions because, and, and I've, I've talked about this forever. I, I, as a teaching assistant, you know, working on my, my PhD, my, my professor was a, a small C communist and uh, I was, you know, fairly, uh, fairly far to the right end of the spectrum. And, and if you talk about statism on the left end and anarchy on the right, I was, you know, not an anarchist, but closer to that side than the other by, by far. And I always told my students, I said, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting Joe uh, lecturing in, in there, you know, from a, a, a very left-wing perspective. You got the discussion section with me giving you a right-wing perspective. And I said, the truth is somewhere in between and it's your duty to find out where it is. And so if we have these kinds of conversations with these kinds of people, and, and if, we, if we craft, you know, uh, material with those kinds of, you know, different perspectives built into them and everything, I, I think it's a, it's a very wholesome conversation and, um, and, and that's what I was kind of looking for. So, I think that a genuine internationalism and the variety of perspectives is a unique strength of the consortium. And Dr. Sakshin, I'll bounce the next question over to you. Uh, what are some of the accomplishments of the consortium in this first year that you feel most proud of? For me, like, and for the consortium too, like. Uh, the best uh, uh, moment of uh, uh, to be proud, like uh, we have a reach in the Indo-Pacific region, and uh, more than that, in in even in Europe too. So, so that's the networking, or that's the, and 
I would say that uh, our website is uh, like in operation in uh, recently, and uh, more than fifty countries. The visitors from more than fifty countries have been visiting our websites. So this is the thing that uh, the the moment that we are doing the work, we are like uh, we are going in the right direction, and uh, the people are appreciating this our work. So uh, and uh, when I invite experts for our uh, website, they they send me that uh, yes, uh, this is uh, something that uh, that we really need it. These these type of discussion, like Doc mentioned, the and the democracy. Uh, recently, we had we had the our webinar on democracy, but that's uh, really democracy is also the so debated topic, a controversial topic is that I never imagined that it would be someday. So, but uh, the discussion was that Doc, uh, Doc also mentioned, and I was just saying that uh, the diversity and inclusion, if we have different opinions, rather if we reject the someone's opinion that we won't be the, we won't, we can't build the best. So that's the part of this, that we have diversity in our consortium, inclusion, different perspectives, and it's, it's reach uh, like uh, uh, throughout the region. All right, so I'll ask both of you, uh, real quick, two of your favorite events that the consortium has hosted in the past year and, and why. Tell me about uh, your process there and some of just the standout events from this fantastic first year for both of you. Dr. Uh, Doc, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorites uh, for demographic reasons and, and uh, it would be the, our, our fall of Afghanistan one. Um, we had over 300 people attend. And, and we had, you know, it was a two and a half hour, I think, slug, slog, you know, <laughs> long. And uh, we had over 200 people stay with us throughout the whole course of the darn thing. And, and the timing was perfect because it was the week that, that, that Kabul actually fell. And I think, you know, that had something to do with it, obviously. But I think, too, the caliber of the folks that we had on there discussing the issues. We had folks in uniform. We had folks that, you know, had experience in Afghanistan. Uh, and, and then, you know, just just a wide array of different folks on there. And, uh, you know, the questions that came in were, were fantastic. Uh, just couldn't have asked for a, a, a better um, event, really. It was, uh, it was a sad topic, obviously. And it was, you know, even though it was a, a very uh, auspicious for us to have it already scheduled <laughs> for that week and everything, you still hate to see that that was what kind of drove uh, folks to, to, to attend. But uh uh, I guess it was very fortuitous for us that, you know, the stars aligned and that just happened to be the case. So I'm not planning anything on Russia and Ukraine anytime soon. So oh, boy. Know, <laughs> hopefully Vlad will behave himself and not feel like he needs to invade anybody. But right. uh, I do I do remember that event. The, um, the the chat was just so rapid. So many comments, so many questions coming in. It was so hard to keep up, but lots of interest for that event. Yeah. And and it, did you have another one in mind? Yeah, and the, I, I think the other one, and this I'm a little bit biased about this, but we, we did a special issue on the Arctic, and uh, you know a lot a lot of times when people think of the Indo-Pacific, they don't think of some of the subregions, especially here in the in the, in the states. You know, when we think of the the Indo-Pacific, we, we still have that old Asia-Pacific mindset, and so everything's basically in in the Pacific, right? Uh, and one of the things that we tried to do this year was, you know, talk about some of those subregions. So we had a, that special issue that I mentioned on Africa in the, in the Indo-Pacific construct. We had uh, our Indo-Pacific Perspectives publication that we put out. We had uh, one on the, the Persian Gulf in the Indo-Pacific construct. But then uh, the one that I'm, I'm referring to is the Arctic 
in the Indo-Pacific. You know, it was Arctic Strategy, I think, was the, the, the title of the, um, the volume. And, um, and we got uh, General Key, who is the, uh, the Senior Advisor for Arctic Affairs for the Department of Defense, wrote a, 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 the lead piece for that particular issue. And he was on the, the show that we did to follow up. Uh, this is one of the things that we're trying to do, especially when we have these thematic issues, is to have a, a, a follow-on program that, that kind of brings together the authors and, and some other folks from uh, that neck of the woods to, to discuss the, uh, the, the issue and, uh, and the matters that were brought up in the issue. And uh, we had him, uh, we had, um, yeah, drawing a blank right now, but uh, a lot of the other authors that, that were uh, associated with that were there. and. Um, you know, it was just a, a very lively discussion. Uh, again, diverse perspectives on, on the matter, um, and, and I learned a lot uh, from the, you know, that programming and, and from that issue in in terms of, you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of factionalization, I guess you would say, in the, the study of the Arctic. But I think the one thing that they do agree upon is you you can't really take the Arctic out of context. You, you know, you have to talk about it in, in terms of its relationship with the Indo-Pacific and in terms of, of its relationship with Europe and Canada. And uh, I, I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do with our programming is to make our readers think a little bit more expansively in terms of what is the Indo-Pacific. And I, I think, you know, program, programs and, and special issues like this one uh, really make people think, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, Alaska is right across from uh, Russia and Russia does have, you know, designs in the Indo-Pacific. We did a special issue last year on Russian influence in South Asia, for example. Um, and, and, you know, a long, long, long uh, relationship between Russia and India. Uh, and, and so, you know, in China, considering itself a near Arctic uh, power. Uh, so it, it really was allowed us to kind of you know, tie together a lot of the different threads that we kind of already had out there uh, throughout the year and, and kind of say, say, see, we told you. right? Uh, so th I think those were, were, were very rewarding. Uh, it may not have been as well attended as the Alaskan one or the, uh, the, the one on uh, Afghanistan, but uh, it was, I, I think, just as um, informative and educational as, as the one on, on Afghanistan. And I think it's, it's received a lot of attention uh, you know, post-production and everything out there on the YouTube channel. And I, I know that uh, um, some of the folks that were on the show have, have, have used it as a, a point for selling uh, what they're trying to do with, with Arctic and stuff um, in, in other venues as well. So I think those are my two, uh, two of my favorites. But like I said, you know, I enjoyed all of them. Uh, and and Indu always makes me attend uh, and I think I missed one because I was having to pick my daughter up from college that day and, and uh, I had had my wife fill in instead. But, uh, you know, I, I went back and watched it and it was uh, top quality, too. And, and one of the things that we're trying to do is, you know, hand off some of the responsibility, like, you know, having you host this. And uh, Rushali Saha uh, did uh, one of the uh, the um, discussion panels and whatnot. And so. Uh, we're, we're trying to develop, you know, some of the younger staff to, to be able to take over some of these responsibilities too, so that, you know, we might help with the design, but then they get to do the, the application. And uh, so it, it, it's a lot of fun, but those are my two favorite ones. I'll shut up and, and let uh, Indu have a chance to, to, to chime in on, on hers. Yeah, let's throw it over to you, Dr. Saxena. 
Yeah, so the first goes to the Islamic State of Khorasan that Doc mentioned it, that it, it was also my the first one. I will give the first uh, uh, one with the, that, uh, uh, that was a roundtable discussion. And we have the experts uh, from uh, like uh, from the region as well. And, uh, you know, uh, we held that uh, in the September, in the month of September. And it was a peak time, high time that when the exit of Afghanistan and uh, there was a, uh, and the, uh, that mm, terror attack by uh, ISK on the Kabul airport. So that was the, uh, and uh, 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 it's still uncertainty over there, but at that time, that was a high time of uncertainty, like what America is going to do, what with now it's, it's, a, it's a terror attack over there. Now they are going to stay there or they want to send the troops again or what's up uh, the Taliban what's going on so that was the uh, the first one and the second one is uh, um, my second one was the uh, related to the region Indo-Pacific that uh, we held in maybe in the October power play in Indo-Pacific where we discussed uh, um, the small power, middle powers, and the great power competition in the and the great powers that how they are behaving in this Indo-Pacific where we have the experts from Southeast Asia, South Asia, and in from Australia. So uh, they were the experts from um, the. Know, who were talking about the middle powers and the, the all that Indo-Pacific and Quad and countries uh, and at that time that AUKUS wasn't happened by that time. So that was my second because uh, that uh, that uh, the experts were really they were the uh, very brilliant and talented uh, and uh, all what what we are looking that Indo-Pacific that uh, what powers the small are also going to. Uh, show their uh, strength is there while we are neglecting in the small parts in great power competitions but now the islands are more important yeah i think all of the events that the consortium has hosted have been fantastic but especially a lot of the ones that you two just mentioned now um i'm curious so uh you have a lot of experience doc with um managing a journal with writing all these things uh kind of on the publishing side of things so have you noticed any changes in the production pipeline for new articles tell me about how having all this these new members this new firepower with the consortium how has that changed um the production pipeline how you plan out issues all of these things what kind of new uh, types of articles are you putting out just tell me about the changes to the writing and kind of research output part of it right yeah it's it's, it's been crazy you know like i said we've gone from being a one-man show to you know having 60 folks helping me. I mean, that, that, that in itself is a huge uh, change. Uh, and, and part of that was, you know, trying to figure out the organizational structure, right? So, you know, when we started out, uh, it was, I had the directorship and then I, I kind of flexed some folks over to the, the journal side of the house specifically to, to help out over there. So we had uh, Patricia Clough, who was uh, a former uh, edit, assistant editor over at uh, uh, PRISM. Uh, which was produced by National Defense University. She joined us and uh, served for the first year as our uh, deputy editor-in-chief for the journal. And then John Howard, who has over 30 years of experience as a, a, a editor for uh, university presses, uh, joined us as the assistant editor-in-chief. And then uh, eventually we, we stood up a couple of editing teams as well. And, you know, so I, and what, one of the beautiful things about this is I was able to hand off a lot of the, the, the day-to-day editing that, that I, I'd been doing uh, to, to these you know, consummate professionals. 
Uh, and that freed me up to spend, you know, more time you know, dealing with organizational type stuff, acquisitions uh, and, and things of that nature. Uh, to, to be honest, we're drinking from a fire hose right now as far as content coming in. And, and, and it can be, it, it's it's both gratifying and, and at the same time uh, kind of it tugs at your heart and everything because you have to say no to some of it, right? And, and some of it, it's, it's quality stuff and you don't want to say no to it. Some of it's not so quality stuff, and that's easier to say no to. But um, and and that kind of stuff I'd had to deal with all along, right? But uh, it's just so much stuff. And like I said, you know, we 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 put out a summer issue last year of 450 pages. That's a book. That's not a that's not a journal, right? And and thank goodness we'd already moved to, uh, you know, digital only publication for JIPA at the time because there's no way I could have paid to put that thing out in print. Um, but, uh, one of the things that, that has done for us is, and I was going to talk about this later, but this is a good point for it. Uh, we've stood up the Kenny paper series, uh, and these are named after the, uh, general Kenny from, uh, world war II era, who was in charge of air forces in, in the, um, uh, the, the Pacific during the war, uh, and then went on to become one of the first, uh, one of the first pre presidents of air university here, uh, himself, you know, quite a cerebral, uh, individual, uh, we'll have our first one of these out uh, probably early next month. Uh, we'd hope to, hope to have it out a little bit early, but uh, earlier than that. But production is what production is, right? There's always slowdowns, but uh, especially with the holidays and whatnot. But uh, these are going to be lengthier pieces that you know exceed the you know, 5,500 word cap that we typically put on stuff for for the journal. Uh, and uh, we've already got, I think, two more in the pipeline. And then you and I are working on one, uh, dealing with uh, trying to operationalize the quad. Um, and then uh, Indu and a few other folks are working on book projects that they hope to have published through Air University Press or you know, other, other uh, institutions that we have a relationship with. And uh, so we're, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, and we're, we're doing original content now for the website. Uh, we had our first article come out earlier this month, and then we've got a couple more that are in the pipeline right now. I uh, hope to have those out soon. And, and I, I, that's what we kind of envision is to, you know, steer, especially some of the shorter pieces towards the, the, um, to, towards the website. But we also want to get some of the, the weightier uh, pieces out there as well, right? So, uh, and, and that becomes a challenge for me. So, you know, how, how much love do I give to the journal and how much love do I give to the consortium? Uh, and, I'll probably need to figure out some kind of, uh, of, of a standing board to kind of help me with that particular um, making those distinctions. And, 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 you know, part of it, part of it too, is, you know, building up the reputation of the consortium where people feel comfortable with making that choice between which one they want to, to go with. Right. The, the, this is the fifth anniversary of, of the journal of Indo-Pacific affairs. It's a, it's the magical milestone that's supposed to determine whether or not a, a journal uh, will continue uh, to, to live or get the ax, right? So I, I think we've, we've hit that magic milestone with them. Uh, now we've got to build up the, the, the publishing side of, of the consortium so that we get to that five-year mark as, as well, um, or, or you know, just blow everybody's expectations out of the water and, and not have to worry about the five-year expectation. Right, um, well, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day either, so <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that became clear, too, is, you know, just the administrative duties had become very, uh, with, with 60 folks, uh, more than, than one person ought to be taking on for themselves, too. We had senior leaders on each of the teams, but I wasn't giving enough attention to the, those leaders. And, and so one of the things that I thought would be a good idea was to have a deputy director for, for the, the administrative side of the house. And so I looked at the 
you know, who's doing what, right? And uh, Indu was blowing everybody out of the water as far as the production goes. Their team was, you know, contributing, you know, significantly more than than some of the others. And, you know, obviously she's she's got the personality for it too and was already, in, you know, wanting to engage in more and more. And I'm like, well, who am I to stand in the way, right? So I, I, I tagged her and asked her if she'd like to be the, the uh, deputy director and she jumped at it and she's just knocked it out of the park ever since. So... Uh, and, and, you know, we, we've had to retool a little bit as, you know, folks come and folks go, uh, you know, the, the, we, we signed a year, year long contract that ended in December. Uh, some folks opted not to, you know, re-up because they've got other commitments, whether it be, you know, full-time jobs or returning to school, as, as you know, it, it, it does uh, kind of play with your ability to, to be able to, uh, you know, contribute to everything that you've committed to. And, and so, uh, we, we've let a, f- a few folks go at the end of the year, but uh, we're, we're back to recruiting for this year. And uh, I, I think we've restructured in a way that, that is, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're trying to do is kind of move towards a more regional focus for each of our teams. So there's so, so many sub-regions within the Indo-Pacific that it makes kind of sense that we have a South Asian team, right? Instead of having two South Asian teams with some Southeast Asianists and some Northeast Asianists on those teams because they didn't have anywhere else to fit. So one of the things that we're trying to do is have a South Asia team, have a Southeast Asia team, have a Northeast Asia team, have an East Africa team. We've got two Arctic teams already. Uh, we had such good response from the, the Arctic issue that we put out there that uh, we're, we're trying to work with some folks that are already operating in the, the, uh, the Arctic um, venue to, to kind of serve as a, a publishing service for them. And uh, so we've got one, t- one team that's kind of composed of former military folks um, associated already with some think tanks up in that neck of the woods that are, that are working for us. And then we've brought on uh, Dr. George Soroka from Harvard is leading up the other Arctic team that's much more uh, academicians uh, and, and uh, doesn't have that same military flavor to it. So the, the hope is to kind of merge the work of the two teams. Uh, so special issues on the Arctic this year. And uh, it's especially important, you know, we, we just had a new center stood up by the DOD. Um, and I mentioned General Key earlier. Um, his, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, Ted Stevens Center for Arctic Security Studies, right? So it's the sixth of the regional uh, centers for um, security studies in, under the DOD. And so, um, we're, we're trying to work with them to, to see what we can foster a relationship with them. And, uh, I think the Arctic teams will help us do that. Um, what, what that relationship will end up being, we have no idea. Uh, but in, in, we, we've promised them some space in, in our venues and everything so that we can produce some stuff on the Arctic, at least until they're up and running their, their own operations in terms of publishing. So lots of things going on and, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in an amorphous state of uh, exactly how we look. Uh, John's moved up to be our, our new uh, deputy uh, editor-in-chief. Uh, Liam, who, who led one of our editing teams, uh, has, has moved up to be our new assistant editor-in-chief. And uh, yeah, I, I see good things happening. Uh, we're we're going to try to bring on some interns. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when, when, when we talk about some of the relationships that we're developing. So, But I'll, I'll turn it over to Indu to, to give her perspective. Yeah, I think actually that's um, probably the next question I was going to ask Dr. Sakshana to follow up. So as deputy director, you've taken over a lot more of this, the management aspect of such a large organization. So could you just tell me a little bit about your, uh, what it's like to manage that kind of organization, how you've conceived the structure of the consortium, 
and tell me about some of the other colleagues, your relationships with them and their achievements. Yeah, so um, when, uh, like I, I told you before that uh, as a senior writer, when I started, so uh, the team uh, I was working with, uh, like uh, we are on the same boat, like in the experience and uh, in other qualities. So we can't say that uh, like uh, I was the team leader, but uh, still I have to do that duty uh, over there. So um, that uh, the managing a team, like uh, uh, I know it's hard, to um, assemble and to coordinate the different views, different aspects. Sometimes uh, you don't hear back from your colleagues, like uh, maybe they are not interested in uh, whatever you designed, whatever you structure, maybe they have some other kind of issues uh, with them. So like uh, the follow-up, sometimes uh, I did follow up with uh, some of my uh, team members and uh, like, it was not like that. They are not interested. They are well, they are very engaged in uh, every aspect. Like uh, we were talking about uh, uh, the articles, like, uh, uh, okay, uh, uh, you want to like, uh, at, in my first team, uh, I had John Lash and uh, uh, Sanskriti uh, that uh, like the, she was just uh, the, um, she was just a master student. Maybe she was doing at that time. Like uh, when we see like some freshers are with us. So how to, uh, take them into this uh, in this article or how to take them and she was from maybe uh, she was also from a law background so but still she was interested no she uh, I want to do it I, I want to contribute uh, in this and then uh, that, that was uh, I would say in sum up it was a very good experience and then managing as a as a administration type, I would say, when uh, thanks to Doc for uh, his kind words that uh, he just mentioned um, sometime before, like uh, as a deputy director, like I didn't, I wasn't in, in the administration. I was, I was a faculty there. I was teaching uh, in a university or in a college. And especially I was there in a girls' college. But at that time, also, I had some responsibilities of the administration uh, stuff to managing and how to uh, deal with other colleagues or how to take the like uh, we had some cultural or some academic events like debate competitions or how to prepare the debate for uh, students for the debate sometimes the girls feel shy no I don't want to join this I don't want just I wrote for them I just managed and convinced them okay I will go with you uh, would you like to participate and how I, I initiated something in my uh, like in my where I was working before that in the college and university so that was a that was a uh, I would say that was an experience uh, um, that I used here and uh, that was also my instinct to do something like now where I have some kind of experience how uh, what's going on what are the other platforms, how they are doing stuff and uh, what I should learn. That was also the part of that. What should I learn at this at this uh, uh, point of, like I'm not a student anymore, but still I want to learn, still I want to read some more books. So uh, that was the thing that uh, uh, motivate me to do more and more things and to uh, get uh, to engage my colleagues, my team members. Now I have mm, in my team, Dr. Leo, uh, like a, he, he is an expert in uh, Southeast Asia and uh, 
I have one uh, DOD personnel, like, like I, I think he's working in uh, defense uh, and uh, uh, Captain Neil and, uh, um, and um, uh, one is in the, uh, he's doing a PhD, like uh, Mohammed Rahman. So uh, others are like, they're doing good. They're sending me, we have the Microsoft team chat section. Sometimes I said, oh, you want to chat me? Do you have any questions? Just, I just uh, ping them. And then they said, no, we don't have any question. We will see you in our next virtual meeting. So that's how you're going to, but still I just keep sending them. You want to talk to me? If you have any question, please let me know. But uh, uh, at any point, I didn't feel that uh, is there any kind of issue with my team, not at all. And can either of you tell me about uh, existing relationships of the consortium, either with the press, MOUs, other universities, or even perhaps future organizations that we're thinking about partnering with? Sure, yeah, I can I can speak to a few that, that we've got kind of underway right now. Uh, you know, I came here to uh, Maxwell Air Force Base from the Defense Language Institute out in Monterey, California. And uh, the team that I was on out there was writing uh, country and perspective pieces and, and um, cultural orientations for folks that are deploying to in different places around the world. And obviously, a strong linguistic uh, composition uh, to, to, to those uh, products as well. All of this is like, you know, we, we had, uh, it has flash animation and stuff that was, we were writing uh, um, fairy, or fairy tales and folk tales and stuff like that. So that, you know, there's some, some easy way for folks to kind of get in, engaged and then kind of build out from there and whatnot. So that was just one, one aspect, but very technology heavy and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, in the decade that I've been gone from there, that team's kind of uh, atrophied to the point where they're having difficulty in, in keeping up with their content and in, in terms of editing existing product and in terms of creating new product. And so one of the things that I, I did was reach out to them to see, you know, what, what can the consortium do for you? And, and, and in return, obviously, you know, what, what do we get from the, the arrangement as well, other than obvious recognition and gratitude. Um, so we're in the final throes, I think, of the, the, the MOU negotiations with that particular uh, entity. And uh, it should see uh, folks on our team creating new content and going back and editing some of the uh, and updating uh, the, the existing content, uh, some of which in, in my estimation, needs significant rewriting, but that, that's another story altogether. Um, the uh, the thing that we'll get out of that is one one of the chapters out of each of these products is uh, defense related specifically, and you know we're hoping to hang that part out on our website as well as theirs. Um, then uh, we're also working with Amity University out of Noida, India, uh, which uh, we've got a, a good friend out there. Um, Monish Tornbaum, uh, who just moved out there from, uh, I forget where he was before, but at any rate, he's, a, he's an assistant professor there, and he's helping us negotiate an agreement with them, which I hope we'll see some of the interns that I, I mentioned earlier come our way and some content from their faculty as well. Uh, they invited me out, uh, uh, I guess, about a month ago to give a, a presentation to some of their um, graduate students and faculty. Uh, on uh, the, the very topic that you and I are writing on, uh, the uh, operationalization of the, the quad, and it was fair, fairly well received. I had some interesting questions that come out out of that. Uh, but uh, so those are two that, that we already have well underway. Uh, I, I've been reaching out to a, a couple of universities here in, in Alabama as well in the hope of, of getting us some uh, classroom space 
uh, you know, for when things go back to in-person, uh, if ever, uh, that we've got somewhere where we can go host events and, and things like that, you know, at least semi-locally, whether it be here in Montgomery or uh, up in uh, Birmingham. Um, and I know Indy's working on some stuff that I'll let her talk about, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, we're, we're also reaching out to some of those folks that I mentioned earlier that are, are, are doing things up in the Arctic, uh, uh, existing think tanks, and then the, the new center, we're trying to figure out what we can do to help them out as well. Um, and then, uh, obviously, we, we still have the, the, the existing relationship with the Journal of Indo-Pacific Affairs, and you know, we'll have that as long as I'm still here. <laughs> so, um uh, for, for at least five years then. So, and I assume that it, it'll last beyond that. Uh, but we're, we're trying to branch out too, to work with other entities uh, here at Air University, which is the graduate school for the Department of the Air Force. Uh, you know, we've got uh, colleagues who publish Air and Space Power Journal, Strategic Studies Quarterly, and the Journal of the Americas, all of which are also interested in what's going on in the Indo-Pacific. And so uh, from time to time, they publish stuff that you know, touches on uh, what we, we publish on. And I, I try not to get been out of shape when people decide to go with them instead of with us. Uh, and, 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 you know, since I, I said we're drinking from the fire hose, we can spread the love around a little bit too, right? So let's go ahead and get some of the consortium stuff uh, published in these other uh, publications as well. And so that's one of the things that I'm, I'm working on right now to try to, to do that. The Kinney papers that I mentioned are actually a, a collaborative effort between the consortium and the book side of the, the Air University Press. Uh, so uh, that we've got that going on. Uh, we need to foster a, a closer relationship, I think, with the China, Aeros uh, China Aerospace Studies Institute, which is located just upstairs from the press uh, at our location. Uh, and also uh, they have a branch at the National Defense University as well. So that's something for me that, that's on me to, to, to try to develop over the next uh, couple of, of, of years, probably. And then... Uh, you know, just to, to continue to build on the existing relationships, whether individual or, or institutional that we have uh, within the, the Department of Defense. Uh, my understanding is that there's going to be a, a space university uh, sometime in the near future up in Hunt, Huntsville uh, here in the same state that we're in. So uh, I, I'm hoping that, you know, as they start building their press and start building uh, their, their courses that we'll be able to plug into that as well. And, uh, you know, we were also trying to work with, uh, you know, some other entities here. Uh, we have a, a very good relationship with the Air Force Culture and Language Center, for example. Uh, we published a special issue last year uh, in, the in the journal um, uh, uh, that was the, the uh, best papers that they had for the, uh, uh, the, the their uh, LREC Symposium, uh, Language Recre uh, Regional Expertise and Culture Center. Uh, that they have there um, every year. And uh, so we, we we published that. And then this year, uh, or well, I guess last year, because uh, we're always a year behind, right? So in 2021, we actually had two of our uh, consortium members who uh, presented at the LREC Symposium, and their papers were, were among those that were selected for publication in uh, uh, the AFCLC issue that we'll have out this year. So that, that's a good relationship that we've got. Uh, we recently met with the uh, International Officer School that is here, and uh, we're, we're hoping to foster some closer relationships with them as well. And then uh, this summer, uh, myself and my wife, Dr. Achala Gunasekara Rockwell, are, are heading to India and Sri Lanka uh, for uh, a... Uh, meetings with folks that are engaged in the Indo-Pacific, whether it be go governmental or uh, think tankers or academics, 
so we'll, we'll hopefully be able to foster some closer relationships. We'll, we'll be able to you know, get to meet our, our, our peers at, at uh, Amity University, for example. But uh, when we get to Sri Lanka, we're hoping to actually have a sit down meeting with the president and the prime minister and defense ministers and you know folks like that as well. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of relationships those lead to. So, but uh, I'll hand it uh, back to you. And I know, I think Indu's got some she wants to talk about too. Yep. So like uh, for the collaboration and engagement point of view, like um, uh, I'm also working and the, some uh, uh, organizations and platforms that my friend uh, from the British Columbia, she has their uh, Canadian Peace and Society over there. And uh, she's a director and she uh, recently started hosting webinars. And uh, so uh, I'm just... Uh, looking forward to that uh, collaboration engagement from Canada and uh, from my alma mater Rutgers University I'm uh, because uh, we have the global affairs program over there and uh, a diverse a very interesting and multidisciplinary program that is in the global affairs because um, when I joined Rutgers, uh, I would uh, like to tell a bit about uh, this global affairs program. So I was thinking that I already have PhD in political science. So I was looking something that is a more kind of uh, multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary so that I can, um, I just uh, searched uh, uh, on the internet and Google and I found the two global affairs program in America. One is in the Yale University and that's not the, that they don't have the PhD over there. And one is the New York University, NYU, but that is also the part of the continuing education. They have just masters in global affairs. And here is the Rutgers, and that's why the competition is tough here. They have a lot of students in global affairs, and that's why they um, barred the PhD admission for two years or three years in the last, uh, uh, since 2020. So uh, where, where we, uh, uh, study in, in Rutgers, the students from international law, from uh, that background, from international economy, from business, that all consist in the global affairs and the security aspect, human security. So uh, I'm just um, uh, in touch with the um, uh, high authority and high administrator over there um, to get uh, uh, engaged or, or, or uh, a kind of collaboration. So that uh, that's in uh, for, uh, the I know that um, they they have the masters and the PhD both and that will be very useful for the students as well to uh, be a part uh, if the if we have a collaboration over there and some of the folks of my friends they are from uh, India we I'm I'm working with them too like if uh, uh, how far we go in that uh, so there are some, uh, my my even my professor. Uh, in from India, I'm uh, working in one or two institutions over there. And recently, when we have, uh, I have friends in the university in Southeast Asian countries, and uh, uh, definitely I'm going uh, to write. Uh, to them too. So that's a kind of uh, engagement, any kind of engagement, like uh, the collaboration or uh, some formal or no, um, informal engagement. So we are working on this and uh, hopefully uh, in this year, we will we have a bigger and larger community at the consortium. Wow, all of this is quite exciting and I'm looking forward to seeing all of these projects develop over the next few months and beyond. 
this has been a really fantastic retrospective on the first year of the Consortium of Indo-Pacific Researchers, and it's been so great to hear about its challenges and its many successes from the two people at the very top. I have one final question for the both of you. Our listeners have been hearing about all the great work of the consortium for the past hour, its kind of history, the how the idea sprang into being, how we recruited the initial people and really set up the structure and organization, all the projects, all the events we've been working on and all the future opportunities as well. So my question is, uh, what are some of the ways our listeners can engage with consortium opportunities moving forward? Right, so we have lots of different ways that you can uh, contribute. I mean, if you're interested in joining, you know, drop us an email. We're not hard to find. Uh, you know, we, we are looking to, to build up our numbers again. As I said, we, we had a few members that had to step aside at the end of the year to, to uh, turn their attention towards other commitments, uh, whether they be you know, personal or, or professional or educational. Uh, so we're, we're happy to have some folks uh, join us. Uh, the one thing I, I, I always, I hate to say this, but it, you know, I have to remind everybody it's an all volunteer force, right? I can't, I can't pay anybody at this point, but that is one of the things that we're hoping to, to address uh, within the next year or two is, you know, finding some funding, right? Getting, you know, writing some grants uh, and uh, trying to get some funding so that we can, especially for the, some of the younger folks who, you know, the, the, the commitment of the time that we're hoping to get from them and everything's a little bit more onerous, onerous on them if, if they if they don't have uh, some kind of stipend to go with it. So we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. Um, I, I'm, again, not a businessman, so and I'm also not a grant writer. So it, it, it'll it'll it, that's going to be one of the growing pains that we go through, though, is, uh, is uh, you know, trying to find some funding to, to contribute to uh, bringing on folks and, and, and giving them some kind of uh, compensation for what they do, but uh, you know, if if um, you, if you don't have that kind of time commitment, you know, obviously you can submit your your work to us uh, for consideration for publication on either venue. Uh, we're, we're we're always looking for people to to come on board with the the different uh, podcasts and uh, panel discussions and other uh, on online uh, efforts that we've got. Um, we do book reviews. Uh, we haven't published any yet for the consortium yet, but uh, we're working towards that. So that, that's always another uh, avenue of opportunity. As we move into some of these other you know, book projects as well, that's another uh, opportunity for publication where you know, if, if, you, if you can plug into the theme that we're working on for that particular project, uh, these are edited volumes, right? So it's, it's another opportunity for young scholars to join along with uh, established scholars. And, and that's one of, another thing that we didn't really talk about is the beauty of the, 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 the disparity of, of uh, experience that we have in our, in our staff is we've got everything from you know, seasoned PhDs and uh, high-ranking military uh, officers all the way down to a, a few advanced uh, undergraduate students and everything in between. Um, and, and so there's there's something here for everybody. And uh, you know, Indu and, and other folks that are in the, in the leadership and are very serious about providing mentorship to these younger folks. And so I would I definitely encourage folks, don't, don't think that you don't have something to offer because we'll, we'll be the judge of that, right? Give us a try and uh, we'll see what we can plug you into and, and, and provide you with the, the support that you need to succeed and to get your name out there. And for, for folks that are, are, are seasoned and, and looking for something new to do, uh, again, uh, you, you heard Indu, right? She, she's, uh, she's not fresh off the street. She, she's, uh, she's got some experience in, in, in as well. And we've got others that are, are uh, similar. Uh, it, it would be nice to, to have some more folks come on and, and, and take up these uh, the leadership of some of these new teams that we talked about. You know, lead up an East Africa team for us. Lead up a, 
Northeast Asia team for us. And, and then, you know, really get to put a stamp, put a, put your mark on not just the organization, but on the, uh, the research and, and writing that's going on in our discipline, um, our disciplines, I should say. I mean, we're, we're very cross-disciplinary. Uh, so I, I think I think there's just a lot of opportunities there for folks. And, uh, you know, if, if you get some unique idea that we haven't talked about, you know, by all means, ping me. I'm, I'm, I'm all about innovation. That's exactly why we came up with the name Vanguard for our, our, our new uh, uh, podcast. It, it means, you know, those that are on the cutting edge. Right. So and, and that's who we're after. We, we don't want the same old ideas that, that everybody's you know chewed to death already. You know, if they still have some meat on them, by all means. Uh, but, but uh, you know, we're looking for new, new ideas so that we can craft solutions and 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 move towards action instead of just you know sitting around you know, chit chatting all of the time. Chit chatting is important. That's why we're doing this. But uh, it, I always see these uh, these chats as a, as a call to action rather than just a, another opportunity for people to 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 listen to folks that are already in the field. So, right. And, and Dr. Uh, Sakshana, could you tell us a little bit more about how to get involved and who to contact? And just if some interested viewer is uh, listening to this podcast, how can they reach out? Yes, uh, that's uh, very important. Like uh, uh, they can, uh, anyone can reach out to Doc, me, or just just uh, send an email. And we have lot lot more avenues like researching writing publishing as doc mentioned and uh, moderating hosting the events uh, and uh, uh, i guess uh, doc would mention a little bit about that uh, we recently started the research intern um, uh, positions like a kind of uh, um, giving the credits of the college credits or the university credits uh, so uh, that will be also be helpful to uh, for the graduate students uh, for the master undergraduate master students to get uh, uh, involved and uh, to get the credits from there and uh, have their hands in the some editing writing and uh, uh, researching and um, to have the publishing because now it's a, it's a very competitive um, time uh, in the uh, and uh, we, we are like uh, the multidisciplinary so you can write uh, about international law business economics and all just goes to the politics all is going to affect impact the politics uh, in any way so um, we have a lot more opportunities um if uh, anyone wants to contact in any way and uh, you know uh, like and wish i would like to tell you that uh, after every event i it is damn sure that i every time i uh, received uh, via linkedin or via email one or two people who want to join us and this time like we had yesterday our event i just saw the email so uh, already someone sent me an email to connect with the consortium. So that's uh, the thing, like our events are also spreading the words and they are, because uh, I earlier I mentioned then um, folks, uh, they like our work. That's why they are connecting us, engaging us. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, it seems like it's time to get involved with a fantastic organization with many cutting edge opportunities coming up. Thank you, Doc and Dr. Sakshana, for your time. It's been my pleasure hosting you for this first episode of the Vanguard Indo-Pacific VIP podcast. Stay tuned for episode two coming soon in the next couple of weeks. And be sure to check out the consortium's website at https uh, colon slash slash indo-pacificresearchers.org. Uh, this has been Anvesh Jain. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thank you, Anvesh.